Welcome to Saints and Sinners Unplugged. I am Ken Jones, pastor of Glendale Baptist Church in the city of Miami. We are joined by Pastor David Menendez of Tamiami Baptist Church and also Pastor Aldo Leon of Reconcile PCA Church in Homestead. And then as a special guest, we have another PCA minister to make this balanced. We have Pastor uh, Brother Mike Hernandez, who is an ordained elder in the PCA Church. It's not balanced because Dave is. What is what is David? Well, do, do you do you know who you are? I could kind of scoot over. <laughs> yeah, so so we are sitting in proper order: Baptist, Presbyterian, Baptist, Presbyterian. There you go. See, no, I don't know. He's 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 Vespabirian. He's he's Laptist. So, so in in other words, Lutheran Baptist, even in the Presbyterian Church, there are factions. Is what you're saying? <laughs> so, is he a faction in the Baptist Church or a faction right, in the right, Presbyterian right. Church? You know, I I'd like to think that I'm leading all yeah. the cross of Christ. Right, right. I think you should come fully to the dark side. Yeah, come, come fully to the dark no, side. Bro. Dave will become a Lutheran before he would become a Presbyterian. Hey, yes, yeah. hey. It, it's all good. I thought about good. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I'm, I'm, I'm loved. I'm yeah, loved. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, we last week began a discussion on creeds and creedal formulas, and hopefully, in this program, we'll get a chance to to discuss some of the ecumenical creeds and the controversies that gave birth to them. But last week, we began by making a case for creedal statements and formulas by looking at, at certain statements in the, new, in, in the scriptures, beginning with the Old Testament Shema, uh, Behold, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one God. Uh, certainly that, that's a starting place. And we're not talking about all of the other gods, that, but the God that we are speaking of, there's one God. And certainly that's foundational to uh, biblical monotheism, that there is one God. Uh, and, and then in the New Testament, we looked at uh, the canonic hymn in Philippians 2, verses 6 through 11, that Christ, who is co-equal with all of the divine privileges, voluntarily laid aside those privileges to take on humanity. For a point of clarity, that does not mean that he ceased to be divine but he voluntarily laid aside the privileges that are associated with being divine as well as taking on the encumbrances of human flesh. Uh, when we speak of God, he is presented in Scripture as the God who neither slumbers nor sleeps, speaking of his eternal essence and, and his personhood, the uniqueness of his personhood. But in taking on human flesh, Jesus both slumbered and slept. You know, David doesn't. David doesn't like when I do this kind of stuff. But I'll do it anyways. Um, but grammatically, it's it's about the emptying himself is qualified by adding something to himself. It's not impressive. That's that's grammatically how it is. You know, like so. What is it when it, when it says uh, he emptied himself? Um, the qualification grammatically is by taking. He's like, oh, I don't like that. You know, <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's 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 it's. What does it mean that he emptied himself by adding something? Yes, yes, and and yeah. we'll see that by the way when we get into some of the the um, ecumenical creeds. The other statement we looked at was in First Timothy chapter three verse sixteen, where it talks about the mystery of godliness, 
in that he was manifest that same starting place which by the way it's it's kind of interesting that that is that that becomes that that's a critical issue in new testament christianity this whole idea of deity becoming humanity and it's a, it's a stumbling block even as as early as first john we see that that john has to make make clear that anyone who denies that jesus came in the flesh is de, uh, has departed from the faith so um in in, in first timothy that's the starting place that you know he was the mystery of godliness is that he was manifest in the flesh vindicated by the spirit and then later preached and believed on so that's the message that's the message um, a, a, a central part of the, the the christian message but the other place that we want to look at uh in the new testament that i think can be defined as a creedal statement is in first corinthians chapter 15 verses 3 through 4 and uh, Mike, you are our designated scripture reader again. For I delivered to you as a first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised, and on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Okay. Go, yeah, Just yeah, three, go four, yeah. yeah, you can go ahead and read okay. five as well. All right. And that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Okay. Well. Now, again, this is very important because Paul says this is what he delivered to them uh-huh. is what had been delivered to him. And the starting place is that Jesus was crucified, but notice what he says, according to the scriptures. Now, one thing, one place that, that comes to mind here is uh, Luke 24. When Jesus encounters the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and remember they were all despondent and they don't they don't recognize who Jesus is, and he asks them why they are despondent, and they say, "Oh, you must be a stranger around here. Uh, this man Jesus of Nazareth, whom we thought was a prophet of God, has been has been crucified. He's been killed, and and we had high hopes for him, but and and their conclusion is." Obviously, he could not have been who we thought he was because he died. And on top of it, now we get word that he's not even in the grave. Somebody must have stolen his body. And what does Jesus do to them or with them? He goes to the scriptures and throughout the whole port of the whole Old Testament summarizes how the Old Testament scriptures said that it was necessary for the Messiah to die. So when Paul says, what I delivered to you of being being of first importance is the same thing that was delivered to me, that Jesus was crucified according to the scriptures. Yeah. Wow, there's so many things there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of the angles that I wanted to pick up on is, uh, you know, the, as far as the creed and, 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 and this substance of our faith, this is, this is how we come to the knowledge of God, is mm-hmm. it not? Yeah. In other words, we're not given here a subject matter to rationalize, right. to apply our logic to. I think throughout the initial uh, councils of the Christian church, every time they really wanted to explain everything by following a very strict human logic, mm-hmm. it would derail mm-hmm. in some sort of way. So um, I think the person of Christ, the incarnation and the Trinity— uh, becomes that that knowledge of God that we come to by faith, 
Right. In other words, uh, we, we cannot really come do it with all, all our natural resources and logic and, and, and then have that be the basis of our, our religion. Well, and, and this goes back to something that Aldo mentioned last mm-hmm. week. When we talk about our faith, our faith is in what God has revealed in Scripture. Right. So both of all of the statements that we've looked at thus far, it it establishes Christ and then defines him according to what is established in Scripture. And and I think that's what, uh, especially here in, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, that's the point that's being made. Yeah. Yes, that Jesus, and, and so at that point, like you're saying, no, we don't, this is not a matter of us reasoning. No, it's we believe to know, just going back to Augustine's uh, dictum, you know, I believe and thus I know. Well, what we yeah. know is that Jesus of mm-hmm. Nazareth was an actual human being. Sure. And we know by Roman records, even if we didn't have mm-hmm. the scriptures, we know that he was crucified. Yeah. Now, here's what we believe that this Jesus of Nazareth was God. Right. right. Okay? That's where he gets uh Yes. <laughs> that's what we believe. We believe yeah. this Jesus of Nazareth mm. was God, and we know that he was seen mm-hmm. after his death by over 500 people at one time. Mm-hmm. And the point that Paul is writing, making here is that even some who are still alive, you saw him. You know that he died. And so now we are reasoning by by faith. We understand this is not just a, a freak occurrence. Right. This is a divine action, and this this phenom or this phenomenon is actually established in Scripture. Yeah, I would I would uh, I would say so. I'm going to make a statement. I'll flesh it out real quick. So, creed should serve as a starting point. Yeah. Okay. And so why do I say that? Well, um, if Paul, what he's doing here, you know, is given uh, an exposition of the gospel within this creedal formula. Mm-hmm. And so if you, and I'm going to get a bit technical here. So if, he says, for, for I deliver to you as of first importance what mm-hmm. I also received. So if, if, and I believe this is true, if our first Corinthians is truly second Corinthians. Mm, right, right. right. Then, then the first thing that Paul told this church was the gospel. Yeah, it was it was th- this creedal formulation was wasn't just an exposition of the gospel, and and the and so piggybacking off of of you, David, because I always like you make things pastorally personal, you know, mm. um, and 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 uh, he says you know like he gives the facts that Christ died in accordance with the scriptures that he was raised and he was buried and he was raised, and then he said and then he appeared. Yeah. So it's not just so had Paul said Jesus was died buried and and and, and raised. Right. That's facts. Right, but the fact that he appeared—that's personal. Yeah, it, one is history, the other is doctrine. Would you add for our sins theologically? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yes. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Right, yeah. right, absolutely, right, surely. Well, I, I also think it's it's really helpful to think about like not just why was Paul having to say that because there was a, a cultural religious belief that Jesus was this spiritual idea. Mm-hmm the spiritual kind of influencer, experiencer. And so look, you know, he's just he's just some kind of moral figure that moralizes you by a spiritual connection or a spiritual example. And Paul's like, don't get it twisted. Uh, the Jesus we believe is a flesh and blood replacement, mm-hmm. a flesh and blood righteousness, a flesh and blood sacrifice, historic 
person who historically fulfills history that you that we all have corrupted um, and he's raised bodily as the flesh and blood human replacement sacrificial real Jesus he's not some spiritual idea to moralize you to, to glory he is your replacement he is the Adam who is everything that he should have been and we should have been. And, and so it's it's very, let's put it this way, it, it's very uh, specifically counteracting a moralistic view of Jesus. Well, and, and to your point, he gives us what I think is this creedal statement in verses three and four, and then throughout the balance of the 15th chapter of, of, um, of, of 1 Corinthians, he gives what is the most exhaustive apologetic on the doctrine and the implications of the resurrection. And he actually makes that argument that the first man, Adam, was of the earth, and the second man, Christ, is of the spirit. And he goes on to talk about all of the dynamics of that, but it's so he be, but he begins at a very elementary level. This is the historical fact. And he has been seen, so now what do you do with these facts? And then he puts it all together. In fact, in between, right after he says this, look, if Jesus therefore is not raised from the dead, then we are still in our sins. And go go party and be pagan as right. heck, bro. That's, yeah. that's the, you know what's interesting? One time I heard, not one time, I've heard this so many times. People say, people can't argue with your testimony. You know, they can't negate your testimony. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's, that's not at all what I see here. What is definitively, objectively unassailable and totally like life build you build your life on is the bodily resurrection of Christ. Mm-hmm. My testimony, yeah, my personal testimony is is it's not it, it can it can be argued against. It can be disqualified. Exactly. The bodily resurrect. I mean, the bodily physical <laughs> resurrection of Jesus is the unassailable fact reality that is unassailable and totally compelling. It's not. It's not the story yeah. of Aldo that yeah, is, you know. Definitely. I agree with that. Um, and and uh, just to add the piece that the context for, for the Church of Corinth is all the disorders and the immorality mm-hmm. and, and, and the ungodliness that, mm-hmm. that characterizes this church. And he goes back again to the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. just amazing to see yeah. that, that not only is this defining, not only is this central, but this is also purifying. Yeah. This is also a matter of importance yeah. Yeah. for the kind of life that God has delivered well, you know, unto you. Paul, Paul, Paul is just Paul <laughs> yeah. is just hi- he's just hyper Jesus. He's hyper grace. You know, yeah. he's these people are so yeah. wretched and sinful, and he's just preaching Christ the whole time. You know yeah. what, man? Like he's yeah. just he he just he, he just he just unbalanced, right? Uh, and, and you know, it's interesting. Yeah. In Second Corinthians, he reaches a point where he says, "Examine yourselves to see if you're in the faith." Right. 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 And and it's in other words, here's the, here's what what is true according to the scriptures. Do you believe that? You believe that's that? what defines us. Again, that's that's the starting place. Yeah. Because believing that, yes, definitely will have an impact on you. And yeah, believing that, yeah, if if that's where you right. believe, if, right. if this is where you are and what you believe, yeah. now that behavior ha- can be checked and challenged. Right. Yeah. Right. Would, would, would you guys, would it be fair to say that that the creeds, in a real way, uh, make definitive that Christianity is consistently and necessarily and emphatically Christ centered? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think almost every, almost every creed you have the backdrop of some kind of assault on the centrality, sufficiency, definition of 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 Christ as the, as the center point, substance, foundation of our mm. religion. It's and so the Apostles' Creed. It's like well, that's a he good was place. Well, well, let me buried. Let, let me let me stop there. Because, he was crucified. <clears throat> let, let me stop there because we what we've done is look at. At, at passages in the scriptures that are not specifically identified as creeds, but they are creedal in nature. From this, probably the earliest universal creed uh, confessed by the church outside of the scriptures would be the Apostles' Creed. I think yeah. it goes back to at least the second or third century mm-hmm. that it was the, the formula of the Apostles' Creed. And, and what, what are you saying about it? That it's, it's, it's centered in the fact of a crucified, resurrected Savior. Yeah, yeah. And wouldn't you also say, just going back to the piece that I was trying to share earlier, that it also presupposes that assumes a certain kind of faith. Or, or faith, in other yes, words, absolutely. not just knowledge, yes. uh, not just a particular understanding or assenting to something, but faith, yes. which is when you trust in this reality, faith is more than just knowing uh, the fact of history that Jesus existed mm-hmm. or even that he was raised, mm-hmm. but he was raised for you. So there, there is the assumption, the presupposition that it's going to create, sustain, yes. preserve, and purify a particular type of faith. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, why, that's why it says we believe. Right. Yeah. We believe. We that's believe what, and he goes in on God to the say, Father. He goes on to say knowledge puffs up. Yes. So, so there's, there's different. The, the creed then is trying to channel a particular faith and practice for for the church by presenting certain knowledge mm-hmm. yeah. about the person and work of Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But it's just I, I not think, knowledge. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, just, yeah. it's not just knowledge. Right. No. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, again, I would say that uh, it's not just passing on information. It's it's about spiritual formation. Yes. You know, yes. and it's it's uh, and the fact that 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 all the creeds uh, are grounded in Christ reminds me and keeps keeps my narrative and my quest for self-significance in check mm. and it reminds me that he is the main character right. of the story and I'm just a footnote. Yeah, mm. that goes back to something Aldo was saying about our testimony. Um, and I've said this on a number of occasions that, that people, and I think it's even more so, that people want to know and, and testify to what Jesus has done for me. Mm. And this does not mean that my encounter with the gospel truth uh, doesn't come at a dramatic point in my life and has some significant impact, uh, a, a change in behavior in certain areas and so forth. But what Jesus did, uh, did for me, if that's what I lead with, then yeah. here's what can be assumed. That if I say that I was a, 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 a drug addict, and I came to faith in Jesus, and when I came to faith in Jesus, I stopped do- doing drugs. Now I'm presenting him as, mm. as going to be received in the culture That's right. as an antidote for drug addiction. Yep. And the assumption would also be that, therefore, um, if that's what he did, if he took me off drugs, mm. then we also jump the conclusion that if you are a Christian, then you won't have drug problems. That's a great point. And that's mm-hmm. not true. Yep. Uh, and, and and the reality is you don't need Jesus to get off drugs. No, you don't. Right. No, a, apart from a that. Lot, because a, lot, a lot of people get off drugs and they hate God. So what's Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But 
we don't want to present him as that's that that's that 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 may be true for someone else or may be true for some people but like you said aldo uh, Hmm. jesus isn't the only thing that quit Hmm. that that caused people to stop drugs i quit i quit smoking weed because i didn't like how stupid it made me yeah as an unbeliever yes yep you know, so, like, you, so you can now give yourself to business and money and, yeah. and have a better mind to accumulate wealth. I, just, I was like, I don't like feeling so stupid as yeah. this makes me, so I don't want to do it. Yeah. So, so, it so wasn't a, the, the loss gets massaged in, into a different form. No, no. It's in, it's There's this very interesting book by uh, John Owen about mortification of sin. Mm-hmm. And he talks about men can naturally replace lesser lust with higher lust. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that the, 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 the gospel has renewed something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I can go from craving uh, the power that I get from sleeping with women to craving the power that I get from leading Bible studies. Right. It's still this lust for personal power that's just yes. been replaced by a higher, yeah, that's good. more that's acceptable lust, you know. Yep. But but the Christian testimony is not what Jesus did for me individually, but what he did for sinners. And I am a sinner. Yeah. And so the common, what Jesus di- does for us, we begin with what is common to all to ha- that have faith in him. Hmm. So all of our roads, all of our journeys, all of our experiences are not the same. Yeah. But our condition is. It's the same. And what he has done for us is is he has lived for our righteousness and he's died for our sins. Now let me begin with, I want to look briefly at the Apostles' Creed because this is the first, the earliest known creed that we have. And by the Apostles' Creed, it doesn't mean that the apostles wrote it. What it means is that this is an articulation. This is part of what we mean by one apostolic church. This is a summation of the doctrine taught by the apostles. Here's the creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He he descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heavens. Uh, into into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Now, again, this was not written by the apostles, but it is a summation of what the apostles taught. And confessions that we'll discuss later is a fuller articulation of any or all of the articles that are contained in this creed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, as such, with this particular creed, some Protestants have issues. And there are some things that need to be clarified. What's one yeah, of the things yeah, that comes say, stands um, out? Yeah, to me... Um, <coughs> Uh, N.T. Wright has an issue with the Apostles' Creed uh, in that... New Testament only. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, in that... Um, while, while I have it, an it, issue with N.T. Wright. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I, I was going right, to yeah, right, let right. that go. <laughs> right, right. So, so uh, you know, his, his issue with the Creed is that, well, it, it just goes from uh, Jesus' birth directly to his death. Mm-hmm. doesn't really flesh out his ministry. And it's like, well, 
yes, <laughs> but that's not the nature of, that's of not, the creeds, right? Like that's, that's not, not the, the purpose of, of the creed, right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, um, I get, uh, you know, I, I would say that his argument is is provocative mm-hmm. as, as he fleshes it out, and yet um, it falls short of being convincing. I have another issue with the creed, if if you know, just okay. to kind of push yeah. the envelope that it doesn't have an articulation of uh, justification, but. Yeah, obviously. Right. But, but, but again, I would, I would right. put it in there. <laughs> but but creedal statements, and this is why I wanted to begin with the creeds before we go to the confessions. Sure. Creedal statements are intentionally brief. Yeah. And in this instance, this is a brief articulation of what the apostles taught. Now, next week we'll pick up with the uh, Nicene Creed, and that's going to be even more. It's going to be more thorough but it's going to lean in a particular direction. But one of the things I do want to say about the Apostles' Creed that probably needs to be clarified is, one, when it says he descended into hell. And that's usually a part of an, an issue that, that people need clarity on. It does not mean that Jesus literally went to hell, but in two ways, two, two ways. One, he suffered the wrath of hell on the yeah, cross, right. And two, he was buried in the grave. Yeah, I think Calvin, uh, he explains it that way. Yeah. He said the sentence to hell speaks about the the spiritual eternal wrath behind the scenes that was being experienced on the cross by, by Jesus. Not, and not so much that he he yeah. went down and got... You know, right. the whole the whole like, you know, weird view of the atonement. Right. Jesus comes down, he gets kind of tortured by demons in hell. Yeah, right. yeah exactly. <laughs> or as I've heard it, that he went to hell and then preached to the demons right. in hell. Right. Yeah, no, I, I would say that the descent came on the coattails of the cry of dereliction. <laughs> yes. You know, the fact that it's it's the only time where, where Jesus refers to to God as as God and not as father. Yeah, that's my good. God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That to me is a descent in the worst kind of hell. Yeah, that's that's rich. Um, yeah. yeah, and that's that's what it is. He suffers the wrath of God that will be experienced by all who go to hell. Yeah. Well, listen, that's there's much more we could we could address here um, but we will continue this discussion in our next meeting here at Saints and Sinners Unplugged. If you have any questions, if you like what you hear, uh, go to our website, saintsandsinnersunplugged.org. And also you can go to the um, Apple Store and download this as a podcast. Uh, but we would love to hear from you. Uh, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you next week at the same time.